Welcome to the podcast, Intuition Speaks. You are about to listen to an older episode from when this podcast used to be Intuition by Design. I hope you enjoy these older podcast episodes, but I just want to give you a heads up that at the end of this season, I made a total pivot, which took me about two years to make. So there is a gap in time between this season and the most recent one. I do, however, if you are interested, have a Patreon account that includes human design information and resources so that you can dive deeper and do some self-study. My Patreon account has other resources for you, all about intuition, social media growth and monetization, and the Akashic Records, and a bunch of different exciting topics. If you are interested in that, you can check out the show notes, and I hope you enjoy listening. You are listening to Human by Design Podcast, where every week we will break human design down into digestible bite-sized pieces, helping you to peel back the layers of your conditioning so you can better understand yourself, your friends, and your family. We will examine what it means to be a human as our truest selves. I am your host and soul coach, Tia Marie. Through human design and connecting to intuition, I bring you the tools to help guide you to your innermost truth. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Human by Design Podcast. This is Tia Marie, your host, and I am so excited for you guys to join us this week as I am excited to have you here every week with me. But this week especially, I have my first real interview on the podcast, and I am just ecstatic to share it with you. I talked with Shaquanda about conscious parenting this week. So Shaquanda is a 4'6 emotional projector. She is an extremely passionate mom entrepreneur, and she owns two online businesses as of right now. One is an online education site that features free educational resources, and her second business helps adults with their spiritual growth. I'm really excited about all the topics that we were able to get into, and I hope you really get a lot out of this conversation. It was helpful for me because we talked a little bit about ADHD and my son's diagnosis, so sit tight and here we go. So I have Shaquanda here with me. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into human design and about conscious parenting. Hi, yes. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, It was a pleasure um, speaking with you when you reached out to me on Instagram. Um, And as you know, a little bit about my profile and my design, um, as a projector, it was really nice to be recognized. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I have... I have been um, 
interested in human design for about two years now. Um, <clears throat> I kind of get off track with time just because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I also homeschool and we kind of have this free-range thinking. <laughs> Sometimes my days mix into one. Um, but I have been into astrology since um, I was a teenager and I got um, like professionally interested in it in around uh, 2015 when I left my professional job and moved from East Coast in Maryland to the West Coast, California. Um, and so ever since then, I have been that stay-at-home mom, um, you know, left the workforce and been um, really interested in raising my son. He is the only child I have. And um, I really want to make sure that our bond is um, really special because um, that's really important to me. And I understand how important um, the, the conscious aspect of parenting is because we can sometimes get on this robotic mode of our own lives and just doing our day-to-day and then forget that we are becoming robotic parents as well. And so I just, um, that's been kind of one of my passions is to make sure that I am um, actively interested in the things that's going on, um, even though he's only nine years old. <laughs> and you have a manifestor son just like I do, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He's uh, 5'1", um, and my husband is a manifestor as well. Oh, wow. And so two manifestors and a projector in one household. How is that? It's amazing. <laughs> um Besides the fact that um, a little boy can be rambunctious, yeah. he's definitely more so around his dad. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, as when he was a younger infant, I kind of did take offense to that because, you know, we grew up thinking mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was not. He was not a mama's boy. I mean, he is to a certain extent, but he has a different energy around his father. And you can definitely tell that they... Um, they vibe off each other. Definitely. And that's awesome. That's amazing. Definitely. And the five one is a really interesting profile too, but just to have a manifester in your household to like initiate you all the time, it can be a little tiring, right? Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) So how did you really get into teaching other people about conscious parenting? Like, were you invited by someone or did the issue come up enough where you're like, I need to get into this? Well, um, as a projector, I, growing up, I mean, obviously I didn't know I was a projector, but I have the typical um, kind of symptoms, as you would say, as, you know, guiding other people when they don't want to be guided and kind of being that boss bossy, you know, kid and things like that. And so all of those stereotypes that we hear about, um, about that, but I'm also a Virgo. So my son is in Virgo and that also gives that aspect of like they're nurturing, uh, you know, disciplinary. And so that was me as well. So as a, as a teenager, um, I didn't really sit well with other people and I kind of noticed that. And so in sharing what I, you know, in sharing my knowledge with other people, I kind of got the hint, you know, after a while that it wasn't necessarily the best timing or things like that. And so I started to kind of steer away from giving advice until I was asked. And so I guess naturally I came into already doing those things because people would come to me and ask me. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I was married um, at 20, 21, um, and had my son a year after. So as far as being a young mom, I was a young mom, but I was a young, I guess, stable mom. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like you were young, you were married. The friends that I had didn't have children. So by the time they did have kids, my son was, you know, five, six, even, you know, now my friends are having children. So um, it's been helpful that I've been able to do that. And I also have a brother who is 12 years uh, younger than me. Um, so that helps as well as being able to be around, you know, the younger generation and actually being able to see how guidance is needed yeah. and then also being able to step in when needed. So, um, I've only been able to, um, make this a profession in the last year as far as making an actual, you know, business out of it. Because before it was basically just about my son. I was just doing it. And, um, living my type basically I was just doing what I felt was necessary and uh, what I felt would be good for my family and so other people started to see that and then they started to say well how can you help me do that and that's how I got into it that's amazing I just love hearing stories where people kind of flow into their human design before they even realize that that's their strategy and I have a similar story where I was checking in with my gut to like see if something was for me or for not for me. Like I would feel like a clenching in my stomach when it was like a no answer. So I think that's just so cool that you intuitively like flowed into that and understood like I need to be asked. And then you just literally did what it was that you were good at and, and made you excited in life and people recognized you for that. So that's so amazing. Um, what kind of services do you offer? So um, I do the basic natal chart readings, um, solar chart readings for people who, you know, are having their birthday. Um, the, it basically depends um I try to stay true to my design and my type. Um, I do have the four six, um, uh, you know, the four lines. So networking is very much um, a part of my life, even though I've kind of made it clear that unless you are good for me, <laughs> unless yeah. you are for me in my life, please, you know, don't even come near me. Um, but I understand that I can kind of want to be alone at times. So I try to stay away from that. And that's why I've tried to build this network and just, you know, reach out um, in, in a good way to, to see who's interested in that. Awesome. And I think that's so important, and especially working in human design, it kind of gives you the tool to see who's going to work and vibe well with you. And I think that's why it's so important for us to have, you know, accessibility to people who can guide us that are projectors or generators, manifesting generators, you know, manifestors. I think that we need like every type because not everyone responds the same way to one type or another or, you know, different people's energy. So I think it's just so amazing when you like can acknowledge like, yes, we're going to work well together or no, we're not going to work well together. <laughs> So uh, we had some questions come in about parenting. Are you ready for some? Yeah, sure. Perfect. So Let's the, go. The first <laughs> one we had was, how can a non-energy type parent honor an energy type child without feeling overwhelmed? So um, perfect for me. So I have non-energy type being the projector in the family. And um, I would say that, it's important for the non-energy type to understand that um, you kind of don't have to push your children or the people around you because they kind of will 
will self-motivate, if you will. Um, and so when you're, when you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first, because you want to make sure that you're taking the rest that you need. You're taking the, um, naps if needed or rest hikes and things like that, whatever you need to, to keep your peace. Um, you want to make sure as a parent, you're doing that because the energy type will wear you out <laughs> already. Yeah. And so you want to make sure that, you know, you can, you can be ready for that energy when it is, it is needed because I do interact with my son. We do do activities together. Um, but it's not all the time and there's a time and a place for it. And he knows that, and he knows when I'm kind of wiped out. Um, and then he also knows that, okay, well, you know, mommy's feeling this way. And so I can then ask for this because as a manifester, he, you know, should be informing me of the things that he's interested in doing. So he may say, um, can we go to the park or I would like to do this. And so that would be, you know, kind of my invitation. If I'm ready enough, I'm up for it. Then we would go bike riding or we would go for a hike. And if I'm not, then I would say, no, but you can go do this and give him another option so that he can still get that energy out. But then I won't necessarily have to go and do it with him. Yeah. I think that's so important because, even when you are an energy type, sometimes, you know, like my son who doesn't have that sacral energy, he amplifies mine. So he's like, he becomes this super energy ball around me. And I'm like, I can't even keep up with you. (laughs) And it it can become so overwhelming, even as an energy type, I can't imagine being a non-energy type and then having someone who's like this little motor around all the time. Do you have like specific activities that you like to do with him that you know won't expend you too much? We do a lot of board games. So I, um, my son is in a homeschool program through a charter school here in California. And uh, we have monetary funds every year so where we could um, purchase educational activities. And so one of the things we like to do is play board games. We play, you know, math board games, history board games, science board games. We, you know, do experiments. Um, he likes to, to cook and do things with like cooking experiments, um, building Legos, you name it, we do it. <laughs> and we just, I just like to give him a whole bunch of options and that way he doesn't feel like he's like stuck doing one thing. That's um, awesome. And how do you feel with like manifestors and boundaries? I feel like there's kind of like this fine line where you want to let them have the freedom, but they, you know, they also need some boundaries in place. Like how do you approach that? So, um, I was just speaking to my husband about this and, um, I think it's, um, expectations is the word to counter the boundary because Mm -hmm. if as a parent, you set the expectations for certain rules to be followed, then, um, you'll you'll be able to ensure in your own mind that your child will be safe. And so like if even if you think that they may want to act on an impulse, you know that they would be acting on an impulse in a safe way. So for example, um we went to um a nature center which was near like a hiking path this uh, past uh, weekend. And um my son said that he wanted to stand on a rock in the middle of like the riverbed, but it was like kind of like a short waterfall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but there was a waterfall, there was a big rock, and my son wanted to stand on it. And so typically, as a parent, you would say no. But I thought about it. I assessed the circumstances. I said, well, how deep is it? Could I, like, go in if I needed to? Is it going to go somewhere else? 
in a split second, I listened to, you know, my own instincts and said, yes, of course, Mm -hmm. because it was not going to harm him. And for him asking that, that was him wanting it. And I tend to let him do those things that he asked for just because I've set boundaries, like you said, but also expectations Mm -hmm. um, since birth, basically, that he knows kind of what not to ask for and what to ask for. But I mean, he's still a child, so they can still ask for things that they're not just, they're just not going to get, but, and that's okay. But um, as a manifester, it's, it's really good to give them that independence. And I try to do that whenever he speaks out anything. I love that. Does he have a hard time with informing? Because I know my son gets really comfortable around me and like people he knows, but like sometimes at school with like peers and like his teachers, he doesn't always inform. Is there anything that you do to help your son? No, I I would just go back to the expectations because I think that um, my husband actually being a manifester, he actually informs too much. Like, <laughs> uh, if, there's a, if there's a thing, as a, as a thing, um, as we've kind of, like, as, as we have deconditioned in this human design journey, done it together, and we've done it as a family, mm-hmm. my son doesn't, we don't do labels with him, so he doesn't necessarily know that he's a manifester. He, okay. he knows that he's a Leo because he likes that aspect of his fun time being a Leo. My yeah. husband has a tattoo of a, a lion and things like that. So he knows that, but those other labels, we don't really do that. Okay. So um, with my husband though, he informs about everything. So <laughs> if he's going to do the dishes, he will say, okay, honey, I'm going to do the dishes. If he is going to, so it's not just major decisions. And so I think, you know, kind of we are going to imitate what we see yep. and being that he's imitating his father. I think it's a really good thing that since a really young age, he's imitated to inform when he's going to do stuff. So, I mean, yes, of course there's been times when he's acted on impulse, um, but I think that's more of a child thing than a, a manifestor thing. Cause I think, you know, projectors, reflectors can do, you know, impulsive things as children as well or as adults also. So. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point is to, I think even if you're not the same aura type as your kid, but to kind of show them how they should be responding, not that they don't already naturally do it, but I'm sure there's times when they're, they're, you know, they're getting frustrated or bitter, but kind of showing them by example, the correct way to get what they want even when you're not that type could be really helpful. Like my son doesn't have anyone to show him how to inform, but I could inform him when I'm doing things to show him how to navigate his world a little bit easier, maybe. Exactly. And then you're not doing it as a parent. Um, hopefully as a parent, we, as a parent, we'll be studying our, cho- uh, our child charts. Uh, our child are not, our children are not really studying their charts. So in a sense, we would be able to know how they should work with their energy before they would know that. And so it is a good thing to kind of understand what is our energy, what is theirs. And then if, even if we can't be able to have them mimic our energy, we will be able to have someone that is um, in their, or in their vicinity every day and things like that, that can show them how to work with that energy because it could be the teacher. It could be someone who is with them more than you are. It could be the daycare provider. Um, it could be, you know, someone, someone else that's with them, a sibling who stays home with them and things like that. So, um, being able to understand how their energy works is very helpful. 
And it's funny that you say like even a sibling. I had a coaching call with a mom and she was saying how she wasn't sure if she was, you know, honoring her child's energy correctly. And I asked about the interaction with the older sibling and the the younger child that she was questioning. And from what it sounded like, her older child was like recognizing the projector child and he was like doing all the correct things. He was inviting him to play. I'm like, so you just need a mimic your child because I feel like they're just so intuitively in tuned with each other's energies. Like we can learn so much from them, you know? I agree. I definitely agree. And I think a lot of the children um, born now are, you know, from that star seed kind of mentality now with the energies of the star seeds being, you know, the rainbow children and the um, indigo children. And, um, you know, so we're going to feel that more and it's, it's very inspiring to hear parents acknowledge the fact that they can learn from their children because they are coming in with more of a connection to the spiritual realm. They are coming in with more intuitive feelings and it's okay to acknowledge that we can learn from them. I think that is, you know, really important. Definitely. And for those who don't know what a star seed or an indigo child, could you briefly explain that? Yes. So, um, well, there are many theories about this, but, um, you know, how, uh, generationally we, we come through, um, I guess it's similar to the human design aspect of the neutrinos, mm-hmm. right? So you're familiar with that. And so how, um, you know, all of the, the planets and the stars, we're all, com- you know, our bodies are comprised of, you know, kind of those same materials. And so when the stars are interacting with each other, they're also interacting with us. Planets are interacting, they're interacting with the environment, which is us in this atmosphere of space. Um, and so in that, the indigo children, um, basically, it's another label, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's another label. Um, but it was um, said that there was an aura around certain children and so um the aura that was said to be is the color indigo and um i believe um the name is nancy um tape or tap um it's spelled last name is t-a-p-p-e okay um and she kind of developed this and this kind of thought came through around the 70s around the 80s and it's similar to human design where it's not like the ancient sciences, like astrology, where it's been here for eons. Um, It's one of the newer sciences and it's one of the newer kind of ways of identifying the sensitivities in in kids. And so um, the newest wave of them uh, basically came around in 80s. And then we have now the newest generation, which are the rainbow children, which came in around the 2000s. So any of the kids born now, you know, after the 2000s are uh, going to be these rainbow children. I definitely think my son has has that like energy to him where he's like this very old soul or he just knows, he just knows more than I do sometimes. I'm like, where did I get you from? Right. That is typical for them. So some of the, um, some of the things said about, uh, these type of starseed children is that they have this like royalty aspect to them. So it's, it's kind of like they've been there, done that, 
but they're also you at the same time. Um, So (laughs) they're kind of, you know, the old soul, but new and want to touch everything and, uh, you know, want to explore everything, but also sensitive to everything. Um, So they feel like they very much deserve their space. Mm -hmm. These kids that are coming in now are very much more confident in their abilities, and which I think is a really good thing. But they also have um, their confidence in themselves is, is sometimes um, turned off by authority mm, yeah. because they have a, they have dif- difficulty with like authority figures. And so, um, you know, if, if they don't want to, if they're told to do something, they may not want to do that. And so, you know, that's why we kind of have these um, labels as these rambunctious kids or these ADHD oh, yeah. kids or, you know, all of that. So, and, um, and on the opposite is the autism because in a sense it is the extreme sensitivity oh, that yeah. would make children be able to go into this kind of shell and protect their mm. protect themselves, protect their feelings, protect their aura. Um, and it's kind of a defense mechanism that has occurred because as you know, I mean, autism and things like that, um, behavioral issues um, weren't really talked about, but it wasn't really as much of an issue before the 60s. So, um, you know, some people say it has to do with the environment. Some people have stuff to say about pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. and, you know, the medicines and things like that that we're taking. Um, Some people go the route of, you know, the vaccines and things like that. So I'm not here to say which one I believe or not. I just know that there is, outcome of kids that are more sensitive um, and more connected to the spiritual realm and um, they need to be looked at in a way that is going to you know foster their ability to grow and it's amazing that you say that because I shared with you recently that my son was diagnosed with ADHD and the doctor suggested she didn't want to put the the extra label on him but she suggested he have he had ODD and i was like in my mind i'm like well you know he is a manifester and he's and i can relate to all the you know crystal child energy that you're explaining so he's got all this stuff going on for him and i think it's just as adults we forget you know who or what we're dealing with and what our expectations are you know as a society doesn't always match up you know, yes, it doesn't, and we want to we want to approach our kids in an individualistic way, but we live in a society. You know, your child has to go to school, he has to go to the supermarket and things like that. So we cannot, you know, keep our kids just away from everything. So we do have to um, equip them um, with the right ways of dealing with their energy and dealing with their emotions and dealing with their decision-making and um, being able to, um, you know, self-contain and things like that. Exactly. And then the, the part about autistic children, I work with a lot of autistic children in my job and my brother's actually autistic. He's a projector. He's a one, three projector. And I just, I love working with these kids because when they can open up to you, it's like such a huge thing because they definitely, they, they feel too much. So, and you can see it in like the parents too. Like they come to tears when like I'm working with their kid and they're like, how do you reach them like at the level you do? And I'm, 
I just show up where they show up. And when they recognize I'm not, you know, someone to bombard into them, it's really like a magical thing to see and feel and experience with these children. They're just on a whole nother level. And I love it. Well, as you know, um, you, you gave me your, um, astrological information, your birth chart or your birth information so that I can pull up your needle chart. Yeah. And, um, you have North node in your sixth house, um, similar, same as, same as I do. And so you being able to connect, um, to these, to these kids, um, is, is really powerful. It's actually something that you, um, strive in doing on a day-to-day basis is being of help and being of assistance, um, daily. Um, but you also have your, um, your MC, which is, um, in your, the 10th house and your North node is currently transiting there. So, um, all of these things happening with your career and you basically making sure that now is the time, even though you have a, you know, a, a job that you do, uh, in your nine to five or, uh, you know, on your <laughs> everyday life, um, you take your days off like today and you are making sure now that, um, you're putting the energy towards that. So I think that that's just really awesome. And so, um, that is in the sign of cancer. So you being able to be there for whether, you know, you are dealing with the pediatric, um, you know, you're dealing with the kids now, but whether it was kids or adults, um, like if you transition out of that and you were doing one-on-ones with adults or one-on-ones with clients um, as you're doing, then that's also something that you're going to be extremely, you know, it's going to be really, really good for you to do that because your everyday life needs to be um, tapping into that knowledge that. that you have that's- in your essence. That's so cool. I love all this astrology stuff and how everything ties in. I think that's amazing. Um, Would you be okay with answering a couple more questions about human design and then maybe we can talk a little more about astrology? Yes, of course. Okay, so my next question was, what is the best approach to parenting when you have children of different aura types but you want to treat them fairly? Okay, so... um... So going back to you knowing, um, or at least looking over, speaking with um, someone who does reading mm-hmm. um, is the first place to start, right? Because um, we can assume that because this, you know, we can look at it, a chart, and we can say, you know, this child has this center open, that, that must mean this. But um, I believe in, um, you know, people who can read the charts intuitively. And I also, you know, think that as a parent, we know our child best. So taking all of that and to say that if you, um, I think in terms of the variables, that's one place that we can kind of start in front, in terms of the, where your child is in the environment, um, you know, how they're digesting their food, how they're just digesting the people around them. I think that's one aspect that we can kind of say uh, more than type. We can say, well, how can I individualize my parenting in this aspect for each child? So I personally wouldn't really do that. I would say I wouldn't really take it an aspect of the type, right? Because if it is your child, then you know more than just that type. So you'll be able to take it further than that. It wouldn't be just my son is a manifester. What does this mean? Yes. So it'd be like in terms of like what is he, how does he take in senses? How does he make decisions and things like that? How does he cognitively process things? Like how does he need to eat for the best digestion? Really getting down into like the finite 
details of it. And by doing that for each child, you're technically being fair because you're catering to what their needs are specifically. Yes. Yeah. And then I had one more question for you and then we can get into, um, you know, anything you want to, but how do you help a child who is struggling to fit in with their peers so that they can understand their strategy or their energy better? Um, yes, definitely for the projectors, it will be confidence. Yeah. Um, definitely. So, um, for, you know, the generators, um, I would say is, um, making sure that, okay, so for generator children, um, you want to make sure that, I mean, I believe in the manifesting generators as well. So I don't really take into consideration the 69, 70% of, uh, you know, population being, the generators. Um, so with that, if you are manifesting generator, then you should inform and then go ahead and do it. Act, initiate, do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're that generator, then you want to just make sure, um, that it's basically saying that the energy you have, um, you're able to get something from that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, as a, as a generator child, you want to make sure that you can produce something. So if you are going to be doing something, you want to make sure that you can get a result from it, that you can feel good about it, that you can actually check off something and actually say that I've accomplished it. Yeah. So it, it, it really won't work if you're just going to do it just to do it because you're going to have a lot of generator children that will have burnout because they're just doing all the things. And oh so that's gosh. not, you know, good as well. It's just because your friend wants to do it doesn't mean you want to do it. Um, you don't join the team, the baseball team, because your friends are doing it. Even if you want to do it, even if you, you know, could be on the football team and the baseball team, mm-hmm. make sure that it's something that you want to do, um, you know, it's in the decision making. So you don't, as far as being around friends, and you, you kind of see that you have the energy to do it, but you don't necessarily have to do it. So exactly. being that pure generator, you want to make sure that you do it for your own purposes. Um, you know, like, uh, so reflectors. So reflectors, uh, it's similar to that because as you know, reflectors, we can, uh, uh, well, not we, but <laughs> reflectors can take on the different types. And so, um, probably for reflectors, um, as a child, it would be beneficial to start them off with their own understanding that they can be affected by other people's emotions mm-hmm. and kind of give them their own way of coping because um, similar to coping, um, if someone acts in a certain way, they may cry hysterically because that's what they've seen on TV or that's what they've seen their mother do. But they may, they may not necessarily have to get that feeling out in that way. And so doing it in that way may be exhausting for them. And they may say, well, why do I have to go this extreme mm-hmm. when um, I don't feel? Because, you know, some reflectors could be more cold in feeling and more Capricorn <laughs> and more kind of like structure. And that's okay. Um, you don't have to have all the feels just because everyone has all the feels. And you also don't have to um, seclude yourself just because you feel like you don't know what others are going to feel. So yeah. those would be kind of my um, advice for like the childhood teenager for the different types around other people awesome and I think for reflectors especially it's just honoring who you are that day because it changes every day you know and it's never going to be the same and being okay with that I think that must be really Mm -hmm. hard in adolescence to go through life like that not knowing who you are from day to day 
Um, yes, and it's not just day to day. It's also you know who you're around who and you're things around. like that because you could go on a school trip with different kids and it could be a whole different experience than the school trip that you had last month. Yeah. You know because you were with a different class and so it's just so amazing when you can like apply all these things and just really kind of help guide your children to having their best life. And I know I, if you're okay with talking about it, I know you talked a little bit about your belief about deconditioning and children. So if you're, you're open to uh, talking about your belief, I'm totally open to it too. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, deconditioning basically comes from the understanding that somehow down the line, we got messed up. Right. Mm-hmm. So somehow down the line, we started to, um, as individuals work and function in the world in our not self. Mm-hmm. So, um, in dealing with parents and dealing with doing children, um, ch- child reading, um, I don't, I don't typically go in the not self realm. Um, I go, I do, you know, say, well, okay, well, your child is, uh, has the, the mind, um, makeup of this, you know, their body makeup is this, and then we can go from that. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, Children work well with like storytelling and metaphors and things like that. And so I would um, encourage parents to, you know, understand the chart, their mm-hmm. child's chart, so how they would work together, and then um, work on helping their child understand their feelings and their energy with metaphors, with stories, with, um, you know, the same things that we learn as kids, kind of how to learn um you know, the different cycles of life, you know, nursery rhymes and things like that. So, um, I have a good metaphor that I, um, that I tell that kind of can be good for adults and children. And it's a metaphor of like going to the beach or going to an amusement park. And, um, so if you are going to an amusement park, the person that would get the idea in the first place would probably be the manifester, right? Mm -hmm. They would say, you know, Hey, I have this amazing idea. Let's go here. And it's a Thursday and they want to go on a Saturday and they want to go on like a two hour road trip or something. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the manifester. And you know, the generator will probably be the person in that group that would call all of the people on the list, make sure that, you know, everyone (laughs) has what, what their need and things like that, because they can go, door to door and kind of not get exhausted with doing all of those things. Right. Um, and you know, they would also be the generators would probably be the people on the trip that would, um, encourage the fun, right. Be the enthusiastic person in on the car ride, singing all these songs, um, you know, making sure that the vibe is good. Right. And so the projector, in my opinion, is as far as like, going to an amusement park or something um, would be the person with the GPS, right? The person navigating, the person saying, okay, well, we need to probably take a break here. Um, this is more efficient to take this route. Um, and let's make sure that we all have a bottle of water, right? And so the reflector is the last person in the group, right? So the reflector is, say, the person that if you're if you're on a ride at the amusement park, they would be the person in the picture that you get at the end that has like like <laughs> face wide open, like smiling, right? That's the reflector because and it's a good thing because in that particular trip, everyone was having a good time. And the reason you know that is because of that reflector space. They're showing how amazing and fun everything worked out because the projector did what they were supposed to, the generator did what they were supposed to, the manifestor did what 
they were supposed to, and everyone had a good time, right? And so in giving, like, short stories like that, I think that kids and adults can understand their place in the world, but also how they're necessary, right? Like, everyone has a place. Everyone has a function. And it's good to be able to see that, how we all work together. I love that. That's such a cute little story. I'm going to have to tell it to my son and see what he thinks. But it really does show how we need every type in society. Like, it really works better when we're all working together. Yes. And as far as the deconditioning, I mean, as a manifester, I'm sure you teach your child the the anger aspect, right? And so we teach our kids not to be. And so what are we teaching them to be, right? Like, what are we giving them permission to be? We, yeah. we say, don't do this, don't do this, don't be this, don't be this, don't be this. But we don't really say, be this, be this, be this, be this. And if we do, we say, be confident, be brave, be loyal, you know, be all of those things. But it's kind of like, you know, being a good human being comes with more than just saying that. And kind of these children have to be able to feel their way to, to be, Yeah, if that and- makes sense. I honestly think so. To find their authenticity, they have to feel their way in order to be that. Exactly. And And that's important. I don't think we should deny any feeling, even if it is considered a not self feeling. I think it, it gives us a gauge as to where we are. And, you know, for me, frustration is what shows me as a generator that I don't want to be in the situation I'm in. So I think having that conversation that when you feel angry, it means that something isn't working out right. And we need to do something constructive with this, with this energy, with this anger that you're feeling or with this frustration so that we can get back on the right track to being where we're supposed to be or who we're supposed to be so that we can feel good. So I think that denying it can be, it can it can definitely be a motivator. Yeah. You're right. So I think denying these like feelings in kids not healthy either, but I don't like you said, I don't think they need a lot in terms of like deconditioning because they're their they're their true selves. Like every day they just show up. There's no, you know, like who am I gonna be today and who am I gonna get angry at today? It's they just show up and they're so authentic. Like I wish I could go back and be seven again. It would be so much fun. Yeah, it's an amazing an amazing age to explore everything and to you know be able to feel and be um, that spot every aspect of life you know be connected with nature and you know we kind of lose that as we grow up definitely some of us so I know you're really excited about combining astrology with human design did you want to talk a little bit about that because I'm really curious uh yes so um I have your son's chart here and um, I'll just go over a few um, placements yeah. um, just so that we can kind of see how astrology would overlap into um, kind of some of the things that um, he's dealing with or that, you know, that he's experienced. Mm-hmm. And so he has an ascendant, Pisces ascendant, which um, can make him somewhat of, you know, kind of intuitive and psychic as far as his feeling mm. um, or his environment. Um, he, ne- he also has Neptune right there on the ascendant. So that can also make his, you know, the people that see him, um, that are, you know, face face to face with him in his, in his daily life are going to see him as this like dreamy, um, person that, um, is very, um, mystical. Right. And, um, but he also has 
um, Chiron, right? So Chiron is the is said to be the wounded healer, and um, a lot of these, um, well, most of these planets are named after archetypes, right? So yeah. Chiron being the wounded healer, um, and it's being on his ascendant. Um, it shows to me that he is a sensitive individual. Oh, he is. Right? So he is sensitive to his environment and um, and what he takes in. Mm-hmm. So he's also sensitive to how he feels about himself and so, like, how he would appear to other people. Yeah. And um, that is um, – it can be – it can be a hard thing to have as a child, but also an empowering thing to have as an adult mm. because you can kind of go through all of these feelings now and then be that confident adult. Um, and I do think that having a parent who understands, you know, human design and astrology can help him with that. Yeah. Um, his, moon, his moon placement is in the 11th house mm-hmm. and it's in the um, sign of Capricorn, mm. right? And so he is... His, his feeling towards the group and his feeling towards networking and things like that, he probably really wants to fit in. Yeah. Um, but at, at this particular time, it's going to be hard for him. Yeah, he, okay. he feels so, like an outcast sometimes. And he feels that more so than others because other, you know, our 11th house is our, you know, social house, our house of friends, our house of hopes and desires. And so his moon, which is his feelings, it's there. And so if it, if it necessarily wasn't there, then he may not feel that. But because it is, he does feel a deep desire to fit in. Mm. And when you have that Chiron on the first house or on the ascendant, um, it, it can be, um, it can be troublesome for that. So especially, you know, growing up with, you know, being the outcast and knowing that you could, you just have to find your group. Right. You just have to find your group of people that see you and that understand your feelings and that acknowledge your feelings. And it's so funny that you say he has that Chiron in his chart, the wounded healer, because he's only seven years old and he asked me to get uh, Reiki attuned. So he received his first Reiki attunement this past, like the beginning of the year. And he knows he's not supposed to do Reiki on other people yet, but he asks me, he goes, how old do I have to be to do Reiki on people, mom? Mm -hmm. So he's already looking to try to fix people's problems and heal them. And I just, I I adore him. But, you know, I explained to him that he's not ready physically and energetically to be there. Yeah, but he feels, he knows, and he he understands that... He got. He has some healing to do. Yeah. And so. Oh, it's too funny. Yeah, he's interested in that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so for um, his um, north node of destiny is actually in um, the tenth house. Mm-hmm. And so I know with um, yours, I mentioned your north node being in the sixth house, which is the you know the need to do daily stuff, the need to like have a schedule, take care of your health, take care of your activity, keep in good shape. Yeah. Doing all the duties. Right. And yeah. so his, his North node being in, um, let's see what sign is it in. So, okay. It's in sign of Sagittarius. So of course he is, you know, this like wise grandpa coming in <laughs> with all the knowledge. <laughs> and, um, uh, so Sagittarius is, uh, is supposed to be with the planet of Jupiter. And so Jupiter is kind of like that wise, you know, wise old man, um, and that's kind of like where his North Node destiny is. So he's only going to grow into that. And that's it's a, it's 
pretty cool to just see that at such a young age. And yeah. Him. He comes up to me with like the most oddest things and I don't know where he comes up with them. He just like tells me like these little bites of wisdom and I'm like, where did you hear that? He goes, I just know this. I'm like, okay, I believe mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just go with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like he gets downloads of like these energy bites and he has to share them. I'm like, okay, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. And his son, um, you know, his, his son being Gemini, like he's, he's going to tell you, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's going to make sure that you see that he knows what yeah. he's talking about. Definitely. Well, that's really interesting. I I love how, like, I can see how some of the profile kind of fits in with that. He's a 5'1", and, you know, people really look to him as, like, this kind of, like, shiny, mystical kind of being, and I feel like there's a layer to that where, you know, people don't really know exactly who he is, but, you know, they kind of look to him for these answers, Um, And I can see how that relates to, like, being a wounded healer and everything in the astrology chart. That is so cool. Yeah. So my son is 5'1", and even though he's homeschooled, um, you know, he's not, like, in the public school with other kids. In his neighborhood, he is that person. He's he's similar to how you just described. I mean, everyone wants, like, like everyone knocks on our door, and everyone's, like, super friendly with him, and, um, you know, make, like, they ask him questions, and, like, you know, he knows everything, and so he likes to be able to shine in that aspect as well, and so that's really cool for that um, 5-1 profile to okay. be able to... Um, get out there, you know, learn what they need to learn and then, um, help those people that, that need it. Definitely. So when you do your, um, consultations or your readings right now, are you doing like, um, a partial reading from their natal chart and human design chart? How are you combining those things together for parents? Um, well, I, it's, it's separate right now, okay. but, um, if you wanted to combine it in a reading, it would just be a longer session. So mm-hmm. I do, I would combine it. Um, and so right, right now you can basically book a, an astrology reading or a human design reading. Um, but as you know, you know, we look at the planetary, um, significance in human design as well. So I will be able to like, you know, see what, you know, gates your moon it's connected to and things like that. So astrology is still within the human design reading, of course. Awesome. And where can people find you if they want to look you up and get a reading from you? So um, my website is um, www.logicalmermaid.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at hd4parents. And that's um, hd with the number four, parents. And uh, my website, you can um, find the links to um, sign up and register, putting your uh, birth information and schedule a consultation or a reading with me. Awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And is there any last words that you want to share with everyone before we go? Um, no last words. Um, just it, I just want to thank you so much again for having me on. And um, I know that your morning was, was quite busy, but I hope <laughs> that you have uh, you know more relaxing afternoon. And I look forward to possibly speaking with you again. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to have you on the show again. There's so many topics that we can, you know, expand on. Yes, there's so much to this, layers and layers of this. So that was this week's episode of Human by Design. I hope you enjoyed our very 
first official interview. I know I really enjoyed doing it. I cannot wait to find more real human people to talk about their human experience in human design. I really want to bring the human back to human design. I feel like some of it has gotten so expanded beyond like what is imaginable that it's so hard for us to really integrate it into our own lives. And I hope that having these examples and people come on the show and talk about what it's like to be them as their human design, it can help you integrate it into your own life more. And I think what better way through experimenting and understanding and learning the experimentations that other people have been going through. So I can't wait to bring you more content like this. And if you really liked and resonated with Shaquanda's message today, I will be leaving all of her information in the show notes so that you can contact her. And I am still offering my own human design readings. If you're interested, I'm offering more of an a la carte option now. That way you can kind of pick and choose what information you're really interested in learning about in your chart so that you're not stuck with just buying this whole option with information you already know or not really interested in learning about. And that includes different cycles and I'm also doing the PHS readings now. I'm really excited about doing those. And I also have one spot open left for May, and although May is coming to an end soon, I will be opening up my June and July schedule for coaching clients. If you're interested in that, watch out for that. I'll be posting on Instagram or Facebook when those are available. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave me a message or a review. I really appreciate all your feedback and all your support. Send me a question for the next episode that I can answer it for you on the air at intuitionxdesign at gmail.com. And with that, I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week on Human Design Podcast. For more episodes and content like this, please share our message and like us, subscribe, leave a review, or share with your friend. The more that I can get this out there, the more people I can help and the more content I can bring to you guys. Also, don't forget to check out, I have some awesome coaching services. I do soul coaching where I connect you to your intuition, your inner voice. I also do some combination of human design and soul coaching. And for those generators out there, I really enjoy helping you guys connect to your sacral authority to learn what it is you're actually tuning into. So check that out. That's all on my website. You can look at the link in the show notes. And until next week, I'll see you then.